Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Speak Now Pro Wrestling here with myself, Denise Salcedo. And I am so happy to be back here once again uh, to talk pro wrestling here on Speak Now, man. It's a uh, it's been it feels like it's been a while, even though it was just so what's been going on on Tuesdays is that what was it? Last Tuesday was 4th of July. Then the Tuesday before that, I had dental surgery. So the last two Tuesdays put me out. And so I wasn't able to do the NXT post shows. And then on top of that, you know, I had a lot going on, a lot of personal stuff that went down uh, this week. So I didn't do my Friday post show. So I kind of been feeling like, ah, you know, in terms of like, oh my God, I'm going back live right now. What do I do? But with NXT and specifically speaking about NXT though, it's one of those situations where I felt so out of the loop today, like coming in after missing NXT for two weeks, I felt so out of the loop, man. So I feel like today's review is going to be a little bit funky, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit weird because I myself was catching up with things and trying to see like, what changed and what didn't change in the last two weeks and what turned out the way that I thought it was and what didn't turn out the way that I thought it was. So it's going to be an interesting review of NXT here today. Maybe a little bit different than what you guys are used to, but we'll get right to it. However, before I continue on, just a friendly reminder to everybody, if you do want to help support this podcast and get your questions, your comments, or your statements read here on the stream, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point throughout this entire show. It really does help me out and keeps me uh, overall funded here on 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 the tube on the tube. But we got our uh, we actually have a new member here, and I want to take a quick second to uh, thank Aron Iris. Aron Iris is a brand new uh, YouTube member here on the channel. Just a heads up for those of you who are curious about the YouTube membership. Uh, currently, right now, I'm posting videos up per month that are exclusively for YouTube members. So you not only have this entire catalog of um, WrestleMania videos that I did. So I went back and rewatched every single WrestleMania and then put up a little podcast about it. Uh, but you have all of those videos there. And then I also make additional videos. I actually just posted one today that just went up. And I talk about the interviews that made me the most nervous that I've ever done. And it's the I would say it's probably one of my most honest videos that I've ever done here on the channel. I would say maybe like top five. Uh, in terms of honesty, because nobody wants to talk about moments where they were nervous and things didn't pan out the way that they thought they were. But I did. And I did that on that video. And then also I did a whole vlog for Forbidden Door that's also up there. There are currently 29 videos that are only member YouTube member exclusive for those of you who do want to check those out. And also we got our first super chat of the of the the show here. Steven sends in a super chat saying, thank you, Denise, for always bringing great content and for making me feel like I'm part of the podcast party family love and support always thank you so much to Steven for all the love and support and a good way of getting us going here today a shout out also to a lot of our YouTube members here that are on the channel I appreciate you guys very very much but let's go ahead and get right to the pro wrestling because that is what we are here for and uh, let's kick things off with I want to start off with the Judgment Day because that's like one of the big things that happened on today's show. Overall, by the way, I do want to say this because when I was leaving or when I was leaving, <laughs> when I was when I was away for the last two weeks, 
Prior to that, I really was just like digging everything that NXT was doing. The last couple of weeks that, you know, I spent covering NXT have really changed. And for those of you who had been on those post shows, you heard me say it, but things seem to be changing right now for NXT. Things seem to be getting a whole lot better. I was even thankful a couple of weeks ago that I didn't give up on watching NXT because now with the inclusion of the main roster talent on the show, it has dramatically dramatically increase the interest overall that I've had in NXT. I think it's 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 increased the quality of NXT and it's made it a lot more newsworthy to talk about. So that's one of the things that personally I've been enjoying about seeing the main roster talent over on NXT. So that's a huge pro. So Let's get to this. The Judgment Day. The Judgment Day currently right now are like, I, I would say, probably one of the hottest acts in WWE. It certainly feels that way, especially when you got Dominic Mysterio getting booed like his life depends on it, on uh, getting booed so crazy on the shows. And then you got Rhea Ripley, who is just very over. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Judgment Day is one of the, uh, you know, most featured and most overacts currently right now in WWE. So to see them go over to NXT is kind of freaking cool because I, there's a lot to kind of touch on here. So first and foremost, the reason why they were out there, we had NXT champion Carmella Hayes call them out there and basically have them go out and come over to NXT. So they accepted it and they decided to come down. And we got a lot with the Judgment Day here today and we're going to be getting some more next week. So here's what went down on the show. So the Judgment Day go out there, and there are super loud mommy chants. The mommy chants are next level, okay? And it sounds a lot louder, too, because uh, where they film at the Performance Center, it's just a lot smaller. It's a little bit more compact than when you're in these big venues, so it traps the sound a whole lot. And so it sounds even louder than it is, but it's definitely loud when they were chanting mommy. But the Judgment Day is putting themselves over, and finally they're interrupted by Carmelo and Trick Williams. And then we get this back and forth between Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, Williams, uh, Damian Priest, Finn Balor. We got Williams telling Priest that there's that he's writing a check that he can't cash. And so this all leads to the main event of today's show, which was Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. That was the main event. Now, this was a fun main event because these are all guys that clearly can go. And I would say like, Carmelo Hayes is legitimately one of my favorite people on NXT. I mean, there's a reason why he's champion. Like, he's not just champion just for the hell of it. So, what you got in this match, and I, you know what was the thing about NXT that surprised me today? Is that NXT ended early today. And that surprised me during this match. Because usually I feel like NXT ends like at 7-10. And this time they ended right at the top. Sorry, right at the, right at the end of the hour. I couldn't believe it. So anyways, they got this whole match in there with plenty of time to go. There was some really good back and forth. I love Priest going in there and just like stomping the hell out of Trick Williams. I thought that was pretty cool. There was a beautiful... Beautiful roundhouse kick from Damian Priest to Carmelo Hayes. And then uh, he goes for the he goes for the pin, but it ends up being a two count because Trick Williams breaks it up. So then we get Priest putting Williams through the commentary table. And what we get afterwards is Carmelo Hayes 
goes to the top rope, but instead he's distracted by Dominic Mysterio because Dominic gets on the ring apron and distracts him a little bit. Then from here, you get Rhea Ripley tossing the Money in the Bank briefcase to Damian Priest to use it. Ilya Dragunov, which we'll talk about more later on, Ilya Dragunov goes out there and he like takes away the briefcase from Damian Priest, but this ends up costing Carmelo Hayes. He There's a miscommunication between Ilya and uh, Carmelo Hayes that then allows Finn Balor and the Judgment Day to get, their, to, get their, to get the upper hand. Finn Balor hits the coup de grace. Bam, that's it. Match is over and the Judgment Day wins. So really the big takeaway from this portion here is that they're building from the looks of it to Finn Balor versus Carmelo Hayes. Like, I really hope that that's like what they're going to do, because that to me felt like the most uh, obvious, obvious scenario that we were seeing here. And that's exactly what I want to see. Again, I've been out of the loops for two weeks, so this better be what they're doing. Uh, But that's where we're at with that specific portion of it all. Now, and again, we'll talk about Ilya later on. Because we are on the subject of the Judgment Day, I do want to bring up Dominic Mysterio at a match that he is going to be involved in next week. So here's what's going down with that. On NXT today, we got a backstage segment where Wesley was being uh, interviewed, and then he's confronted by Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. And Dominic tells him, like, hey, you know, I want to, I, I accept your open challenge. I accept your open challenge for the NXT North American Championship. And Wesley is like, dude, I'm not doing those anymore. Those cause way too much chaos. Like, I, uh, you know, I'm not doing that. And so Dominic's kind of like pressuring him. And he's like, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. Like, I'm going to go talk to the guys and see what we can, what can be done. And Dominic's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, let's do this next week, though. Like, he doesn't want to do it tonight. So Dominic's trying to get his cake and eat it, too. So, Next week, we're going to be getting Dominic Mysterio versus Wes Lee for the NXT North American Championship. Now, I asked this question on Twitter, and everybody on Twitter, I just asked, title change. Are we going to be seeing a title change? Do we expect some sort of a title change? And everybody was like, no, 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 no chance in hell, no way, half no, all of this, right? Now, here's the thing. I feel feel I feel like there is a slight chance there is something inside my gut saying do not completely disregard this I do think that there's a possibility that Dominic Mysterio could become NXT North American champion now I know there's a lot of people going what the fuck Denise I'm gonna I'm gonna unsubscribe from your channel I hate you for saying that and manifesting it But hear me out here really quickly. Hear me out. Dominic Mysterio is getting a massive amount of heat, okay? We see that. Now, I don't want Dominic Mysterio because I can't buy him being like World Heavyweight Champion or anything like that, right? But how much more intolerable would Dominic Mysterio be if he had gold around his waist? Now, I feel like if they were going to do that with the NXT North American Championship, they can not only, you know, add some like, you know, add to the heat of Dominic, right? But then on top of that, it's also a way to, you know, continue them maybe coming out on NXT and continue them being there and doing stuff. And I don't know, I just I can see this 
working out and I can also see people being very, very angry about it, but I low key want to see it. Okay. Now do not hate me, but I kind of want to see it. And, uh, you know, Wesley has been champion for a good chunk of time. Now guys, he's been champion for a good chunk of time. This would definitely shake the core of NXT as we know it. And I know people are going to be pissed because people are going to be thinking, and I know why people are going to be pissed about this. And I agree. Okay. I do agree with why people are going to be pissed because when you think of the lineage of the NXT North American champion, you think of all of these really awesome guys, right? You think of your Johnny Gargano's, you think of like all these people. And then afterwards, Dominic Mysterio. So there's pro it's probably not going to happen, but I do have like a slight little inkling that's maybe saying do not disregard the possibility. So what do you guys think? Is there even a chance or am I just like nuts here? All right, we got a ton of super chats. Let me get right to them here. Uh, let's see what we got. We got one here from uh, uh, Heidi Ho who says it's Tuesday and that means it's Tiffy time. Uh, we'll talk about Tiffany Stratton uh, later on in today's show, but thank you so much to Heidi Ho for the super chat. David Kaplan says, hello, Denise, my condolences to you. I was wondering, is, is the Rhea Ripley video one of your all-time favorite wrestler interactions? Take care. Oh, you know, it took me a second to understand what you were at, talking about, David, with the uh, interaction video. So there, when I interviewed Rhea Ripley back SummerSlam in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, they did like a whole red carpet situation afterwards. And I interviewed Rhea Ripley and Rhea Ripley actually recognized me. She was like, oh, you do YouTube. And she's like, yeah, you know, this and that. And I was like, oh shit, what? Like Rhea Ripley actually knows me. And so that was kind of like my little reaction at that time. And I love that video. It was a very nice interaction. I don't know. I think it was probably one of the most unexpected reactions. So what you saw there was like my real honest to God reaction because I was not expecting that from Rhea Ripley. And it made me feel cool. And it kind of made me feel like, I don't know, like it gave me a little bit of validation in terms of, oh shit, someone like Rhea Ripley knows or has seen something of mine. That's pretty damn cool. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Hannah Hewn sends in a super chat saying, I expect Finn Balor to get in with the NXT championship match at the Great American Bash and possibly Finn Elia gets the win with Mello being left out of the final decision. Thank you so much to Hannah Hewn and also Hannah for becoming a YouTube member. Uh, not too long ago, I made sure to, I saw Hannah Hewn pop up. So thank you so much, Hannah, for becoming a YouTube member as well. Lawrence Ross sends in a super chat saying, can't wait to hear your thoughts on what they should do with I Nile busted open nation represent missed you Saturday. Thank you so much, Lawrence. And I'm having a great freaking time doing busted open. And unfortunately I wasn't able to do this Saturday show again, due to personal reasons. Um, I will be back this Saturday and I'm looking forward to it. But in terms of Ivy Nile, we'll talk more about her later, but I will say this right now though. Ivy Nile has been, has been one of the women on NXT that has had a vast improvement. I wouldn't say her improvement was like Tiffany Stratton in terms of like where Tiffany Stratton was and where Tiffany Stratton is right now. But she did have a nice little leap uh, that she did because I remember when Ivy Nile first started having matches on NXT, they kept them very, very short, very, very short. And it was kind of like that for a while. And I recently have been feeling like they finally been trusting her a lot more to have these longer matches. And she has never gone out there and done something that 
didn't look good or it sucked or anything like that. She has not had that moment. And she has a very, very unique look. And I feel like you can do so much, so much with that. Uh, Stephen Marchuli sends in a super chat saying Dom Dom as NXT North American champ could also add exposure to NXT. Oh, man, guys. Oh, man. Are we getting on board here? Is this what's happening? Am I turning the people to get on board with this idea? Uh, Bobby Mean sends in a super chat saying WWE's TV rights deal. Okay, let me start all over. WWE TV rights deal. Do you think that Raw and SmackDown and NXT will get separate increases in their rights or will they just be included all together? Well, I think it depends on, you know, where they go, right? What what deal they make for Raw, what deal they make for SmackDown, what deal they make for NXT. And depending on who they make these deals with and what programming is going where or staying because things could stay as is or they could not. But I know that Nick Khan has in multiple interviews in these conferences and these business negotiations conferences, he's been asked about this. And it seems like they have, he has very high hopes for the value to, for there to be paid out a lot more. So that was something that Nick Khan has spoken about numerous times, actually, like all the time, every single time that I see any of his quotes, he's always talking about, you know, seeing an increase in these rights negotiations and, you know, making more money, which is clearly what you want to do at the end of the day, right? It's a business. But I really just do think it depends on, you know, WWE is doing really good right now, guys. They're doing good across the board with their numbers constantly. I'm going online and what are we seeing? Like, oh, they broke this record in London. Oh, they broke this record in Money in the Bank. They broke this record for SmackDown. They broke this record in MSG. I cannot keep track of these records anymore. Uh, they, they're doing pretty damn good. Uh, Bobby Means, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it a whole lot. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and press on and uh, break loose from all of this. Sorry if I triggered anybody for the Dominic stuff, but damn, you just don't know. Here we go. This is a comment here from YouTube member, the dead man RWT Paul Morales, who says, here is why I think Dom needs something to continue getting heat for. If he doesn't win it here, then I'd like to see him win at the Great American Bash. Triple threat match, Real Rhea helping him out. Ooh, like here's the thing, like Dominic's going to continue getting that heat, right? No matter what, anytime he's there with Rhea Ripley, that is going to continue to get him the heat that he is getting. It's going to continue. I think... If and when they decide to separate and have Dominic and Rhea go their sep separate ways, I don't know what that's going to look like for Dominic Mysterio because I feel like so much of his heat comes from the fact that he's, you know, they're alluding to relations between him and Rhea Ripley and they're out there being annoyingly, disgustingly in love with each other and calling each other mommy and Dom Dom and making all of these sexual innuendos and then Dominic being a jerk to his dad and then Dominic just not being great in the ring and people are responding to that. And so that is what has been drawing a lot of that heat to Dominic Mysterio. I do think that when you don't have the Rey Mysterio portion of it all, when you don't have the, Rhea, the Rhea Ripley portion of Dominic, I don't know what Dominic by himself would just, if he would still have that heat anymore. Like all of those things are important key factors there. 
So we'll see. Uh, we got Steven who says, do you think that Rhea has become the official leader of the Judgment Day? And I'm all for Dom becoming NXT North American champion. It's hard because to me, like the leader's supposed to be Finn Balor, right? Like Finn Balor is supposed to be the leader of the Judgment Day. But Rhea Ripley, she is, to me, the star. She's the star. She, to me, is the attraction. She, to me, takes this whole stable to a whole other level. She's the draw. She's the attraction. You want to see what Rhea Ripley's up to, what Rhea Ripley's going to do, what she's going to say. And so it does sometimes feel like Rhea Ripley, I don't know if she's the leader, but she's definitely the glue. She's definitely the glue. And we saw that because on Monday Night Raw, when we saw Damian Priest and Finn Balor start to get a little nasty with each other. They were, Rhea Ripley was able to basically get them back on the same page once again. So I don't know. I don't know if she's the leader, but she's definitely the glue. Uh, Malik Black sends in a super chat. Uh, Malik, did you change your last name? Did you have, wasn't it, or hold on. Oh my God, I'm so confused right now. I thought you had a different YouTube last name. Um, but Malik Black says, can't believe they gave us Braun versus, or am I thinking of Malik Blade right now? What am I doing? Okay, Malik Black says, can't, can't believe they gave us Braun versus Ilya for free. Well, my friend, that is going to go ahead and take us. Okay, thank you. Malik says it's always been his last name, Black. Okay, why am I thinking Blade? Who's Blade? I know there's a Blade in here somewhere. All right. It's been a while, guys. All right. So Malik Black gets us into the thing that I mostly want to talk about for today. And let's get right to it, my friends, because this was what I considered probably my favorite NXT TV match since this whole new era of NXT began. I'm not talking black and gold. I'm not talking black and gold. I'm talking right now, this new era of NXT that's <laughs> thank you guys this is why i'm thinking of malik blade i always talk about malik blade and idris anofi that's why i was like i know there's a blade in here somewhere i'm dead guys two weeks two weeks gone from nxt and i'm right here having a breakdown i literally have talked about malik blade a zillion freaking times on this show him and Idris Anofi have been a topic all the time. <laughs> and I complete, I was like, there's some Malik Blade. I know it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, guys. This is what happens. You take two weeks off. You come back. You're done. I got, I got stream rust. It ain't ring rust. It's stream rust. I got NXT brain rust right now. I'm trying to remember everybody on NXT. But, <laughs> oh, man. All right. So. Thank you, Malik. Made us laugh today. All right, where was I at with all of this? All right, let's get into, um, before we get into Braun Breaker and Ilya Dragunov, John Deller sends in a super chat saying, do you think that Dominic costs Rhea the title in the future? No, John, don't even put that out there. Do not even put that out there. Please, I will be so freaking pissed off. Like, if you want to talk about heat for Dominic Mysterio that would be like up there that would okay there's two things that I can do that he two things that they can do that would get a whole lot of heat okay one costing Rhea 
the title. That would be the main one. If he were to cost Rhea the title at some point, oh, I would be so pissed. So pissed. The other one is if Rhea, I hate myself saying this, but if Rhea were to catch her dom-dom with someone else, can you imagine that? I mean, I don't know if he would get heat. He would probably get more like, considering that he's a guy, chances are that other guys would be like, oh, you go, Dominic. Look at you with the dog inside of you. But if he were to cost Rhea the championship, oh, I would be so freaking pissed. Let's not even put that out in the universe. John Deller, thank you so much for the super chat. Um, All right, so... Oh, God. All right, let's go ahead and get into this match that I've been dying to talk about, and that is Braun Breaker versus Ilya Dragunov. Now, there's a lot here that I want to get at. First and foremost, this wasn't even the main event, guys. This wasn't even the main event, and this was truly a freaking phenomenal match. Now, Braun Breaker has had, he's had a lot of good matches on NXT. He's had a lot of good matches. And the thing with Braun Breaker, so he's recently turned into a heel, right? We're starting to see this badass Braun Breaker. Now, you ask me, who is the most intense, the most aggressive? Who is legitimately the wrestler that I believe on NXT is in its truest form, the real badass of NXT, who's the most intense, most aggressive, madman, animalistic, all of those characteristics. Who is that? My answer is going to be Ilya Dragunov. Ilya Dragunov is the guy who checks off all of those boxes. So you have Braun Breaker now. Being the guy who is upset. This whole thing started because Braun Breaker was upset at Ilya Dragunov for Ilya saying that he was the most animalistic guy on NXT with that whole Baron Corbin situation. So, but Braun Breaker to me was not the most animalistic guy. It's Ilya Dragunov. And there was absolutely nothing you could do or say to me to make me think otherwise. With that being said, this match here did a lot of freaking favors for Braun Breaker. It really did. I still did not. I st- In the pecking order of who I believe is above the other, it's still Ilya Dragunov, uh, Ilya Dragunov up here and Braun Breaker just right below him. But with all that being said, the story that they told in this match and the way that they worked this match, Braun Breaker needed it. Braun Breaker, oh boy, he went right after Ilya Dragunov at the top of this match. He did not, for like the beginning portion of this match, he did not let Ilya get any sort of offense in on him whatsoever. He dominated this entire opening portion of this match. Like he went at it um, the whole time. There was one point where Ilya tried clotheslining Braun Breaker, but instead he like blocked it and tossed it, tossed him. And so we were seeing that. Then afterwards, Ilya finally gets like a chop, like maybe one or two 
on Braun Breaker. And I'm thinking, okay, the tables are finally going to turn here and Ilya's going to get the upper hand. Nope. Instead, Braun Breaker literally just like jumps on top of him and just starts like wailing him, like throwing him with some punches, getting in some body shots on freaking Ilya. And I'm thinking, what the hell? What are they doing here? Like they're making Ilya look like a chump right now. What is happening? And so this was my thought process in the beginning of this match. Then afterwards, like there was a, there, we went to commercial break. We come back from commercial break and things just went into like a whole other level of like awesomeness. So we come back from the break. There was a moment where Ilya Jagannath finally, it was after the commercial break where Ilya Jagadov finally was able to get the upper hand on Braun Breaker. He gets him with a drop kick. He gets him with a killer clothesline. He gets him with suplexes. And this was just continuous. Drop kick, clothesline, suplexes followed each other right after each other. We see Ilya go coast to coast. At one point, he hits the Torpedo Moscow and he you think it's over. Nope, it's a two count. Then we get this spear from Braun to Ilya. And then finally, we get this whole entire portion of the match where Ilya is trying to do everything he possibly can to keep Braun Breaker down, to beat him down, and he is not able to. There's a quick moment where they somewhat exchange a few chops but instead Ilya ends that by hitting him with a clothesline goes for a spear um sorry he hits him with the clothesline Braun Breaker then goes for a spear but Ilya instead gets him with a knee to the face of Braun Breaker and so this entire back and forth between these two guys was nuts finally Dragunov hits um runs his elbow straight into the back of Braun breaker he ends up getting this win Ilya Dragunov wins this match and here's the thing I went into this thinking oh this is a shoe-in for Braun Breaker Braun Breaker is gonna get this one uh no so it looks like they're keeping Braun Breaker Carmelo Hayes a little bit more considering we we have seen Carmelo Hayes Braun Breaker now I think twice already so it's not like we necessarily needed to see it again but Ilya Dragunov is going to face Carmelo Hayes at the Great American Bash but damn, this match was so freaking good, guys. If you did not watch this episode of NXT, please go out of your way to check out this match. This was, this to me, for a while, a lot of people we were talking about here on NXT, we were talking about how Braun Breaker maybe wasn't ready to go to the main roster yet, right? We were all like, ah, I don't know if he's ready. Oh. We all said that, or a lot of us did. I don't want to speak for everybody. But after this match, it was a reminder that when the stories are right, when the opponents are right, you can do so much and you don't have to wait much longer. Have Braun Breaker go to the dang main roster, man. And Ilya Dragunov, are you kidding me? I'm pissed that he's still even on NXT. That man should be on freaking WrestleMania, okay? I'm sorry, but Ilya Dragunov is one of my favorite human beings ever and one of my favorite wrestlers ever. So yeah, I'm going to want him out there kicking butt. Are you kidding me? There are so many matches I want to see with Ilya Dragunov on the main roster. But speaking specifically for Braun Breaker, I feel like... Yeah, you know, there's still so much more that he can do on NXT, I guess. But in terms of saying that he's not ready for the main roster, I'm not on that boat anymore. I do think that now they have found something that is working for Braun Breaker. Because when he was champ, it was 
thumbs down, guys. Like, it was not really going too well. Uh, the character got stale. People didn't necessarily care that much. But I think, and I said this so many times, it was because of the stories and the challengers that he was facing. But now, when he's in there with guys like Elia, like JD McDonough, all those types of people, you get good shit out of Braun Breaker. And he's able to go in there and put on a spectacular match. Uh, so this was phenomenal. Two thumbs up. Loved it. Oh, boy. Um, Steven Marchulli sends in a super chat saying, give Rhea and Reigns um, a lengthy title run. Oh, a Reigns length title run. See, here's the thing. Like, Rhea, this is what's going to, like, Rhea has it all. We know this. She has it all. The only thing right now that's going up against her is that there has been a lack of these big opponents for Rhea, which is weird because there are so many different options and people that you can do. You got Bianca Belair, you got Becky Lynch, you got so many options for Rhea, but I think they spent so much time not really doing much. And then we got those matches with Natty that didn't really stand out until the last one, like the last one with Natty on raw phenomenal, great stuff. But I think we should have gotten that match a lot sooner, a lot earlier in Rhea Ripley's reign. If you if you want to do Rhea Ripley with this long Roman Reigns type of reign, I am all here for it. Keep in mind, Bianca Belair, how long did she not hold the bout for? She held the bout for a really long time. They just didn't really, I don't really feel like they made a big enough deal of how long Bianca Belair held that title for. And so personally, I think had they made a bigger deal about it, people would be talking about it more. But yeah, they can easily do that with Rhea Ripley. Uh, thank you so much to Stephen Marchulli. And thank you for always tweeting me. I see all of your tweets all the time. So thank you so much. Uh, FYI, guys, if you at me uh, during the shows, I do read your guys' tweets. Uh, even if I don't respond or I just hit a like, uh, I do read the tweets. I see what's going on. Uh, I like to hear your guys' thoughts throughout the show because sometimes you guys catch things that I don't. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go back and watch that because I didn't catch that. Okay, cool. So I appreciate you, Stephen Marchulli. Uh, Benoit Richard also was tweeting me during the show today. I saw you. Benoit sends in a super chat saying, um, if Dom costs Rhea the belt, breaking up with Rhea live and present her with his new mommy, Electra Lopez, major heat, don't you think? Oh, my God. Or like, even if he were just to have like a backstage scene where all of a sudden he's like checking out some other hot chica and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, Dominic, you dog. But no, I I don't even want to think about the possibility of Dominic costing, the, costing Rhea Ripley her championship, but I do recognize that that would be in a massive amount of heat if he were to do that. So I don't know what the end goal is. I don't know how much longer they're going to keep Dominic and Rhea together. Uh, if... If I was making the decisions, I would probably still milk it more because right now it feels like if it ain't broke, don't fix it quite yet because Dominic is still getting that amount of heat. So, hey, keep riding it. Once you start feeling like it's dying down or it's getting repetitive, then, you know, switch it up, have Dominic be a jerk and start checking out somebody else or have him cost him the match, have her, have him cost Rio the match. I don't know. Uh, Benoit, thank you so much for the super chat and for also being a YouTube member. Appreciate you a whole lot. Uh, all right. So we actually got another super chat from another YouTube member, Tim Weinerger Jr. Uh, thank you so much to Tim who says, I wonder if they are waiting for Cora to be ready for the main roster before they call up Braun Breaker. Well, um, here's the thing. I know they're dating, right? But that shouldn't matter. I don't think they're waiting like for Cora to be ready so that they can bring up Braun. If they want to bring up Braun, bring up Braun. Uh, so I think that would be 
I know that they're dating and stuff, but I feel like call up people when you feel like they need to be called up, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why they, I think a lot of people were expecting Braun Breaker to get drafted, but I just think a lot of it maybe had to do with them not maybe having created for him just yet. You know, it, it, that might be the thing. Maybe they were like, oh, we don't really see anything yet for him in the main roster. Yeah, keep him on NXT. Who knows? Who knows what conversations were had? Uh, thank you so much to Tim Weiner Jr. for sending in the super chat. And yes, I know they do keep couples together, which is very nice to do. Uh, but when it comes to the main, me and man, if I was on the on freaking NXT and I was dating somebody and then they were like, do you want to go to the main roster? I'd be like, sayonara, peace. I'm going to the main roster, <laughs> you know? All right, Tim Weininger Jr., thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. Okay, everyone. And let me just go ahead and make sure that I caught everybody's super chats because there's this new feature here on Super on StreamYard that basically separates comments and super chats. And so it makes it so much easier, but sometimes it also makes it also easier for me to miss some of them. So I just want to make sure that I uh, got everything. And it looks like I did. All right, cool. Um, all right, let's go ahead. Dante NYC says very romantic. Alameo, you know what's romantic? Getting a bigger paycheck. And all of a sudden, you got fancier dates because you're making more money. Fancier gifts because you're making more money. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my philosophy. Make more money and you will be happier. All right. <laughs> Oh, man, there's going to be somebody that comes in and it's like, Denise, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, it sure helps, guys. It sure helps. All right, let's move on from this. Let's see uh, what else I want to go ahead and get at. So we already covered the Judgment Day stuff. We talked about that awesome freaking match. Let's go ahead and get into Gigi Dolan and Kiana James. So I was a little bit out of the loop here because, again, the last two weeks that I was gone, I was trying to piece certain stories together. Um, and I was a little bit just forgetting about this so this one here I kind of found myself going oh yeah I forgot like they were even doing anything here but from my understanding so we had Gigi Dolan doing this pre-tape promo and she has all these things to say to Kiana James about how she's the one who's authentic and Kiana James is living a lie that she's not authentic that she's not living her real true self she's not embracing who she really is and so she shows like these pictures of Keanu when she was at a younger age and then afterwards Keanu James is shown backstage like on her phone I'm guessing like maybe deleting the photos and so we are going to get a match between Gigi Dolan and Keanu James next week so cool cool with this Keanu James and Gigi Dolan have been continuously getting storylines and being featured on NXT so Cool. Thumbs up. I don't have much else to add about this one yet because, again, I was a little bit out of the loop here. Christopher Marino sends in a super chat saying, how was your lunch? I mean, dinner. <laughs> so, dude, man, I freaking tweeted today. I asked a question to the people. I said, what's something that people would judge you for? And I had been judged for because I eat dinner very early. Okay. I eat dinner between 1.30 and 3, the latest 4 o'clock, okay? If it's 4 o'clock and I haven't eaten, something is very wrong. Um, and so I tweeted that, and I did not realize how many people would think that that's freaking weird. Freaking weird. And 
I'm sorry, but I love to eat early. I get hungry early and then I just don't get hungry anymore for the rest of the day after a little snack. Uh, so I know I tripped out a lot of people, but today's dinner was phenomenal. And today I ate dinner, I think at like 2.20, 2.20 p.m. And it's funny because haven't you guys ever wondered? I'm on these like, there's been times where I've done these post shows for, I'm sorry, not these post shows these watch alongs and I'm not technically eating on the watch alongs. I'm just snacking. And the reason why I'm snacking is because I have already had dinner way before the pay-per-view even started. So I've always been an early eater. And the reason for that is I do have two reasons. One is for the first 29 years of my life, I lived with my grandparents and my grandparents always ate early and who cooked in the house, my grandparents. When the food was done, they would serve it on the dinner table so I would eat. And so I got used to eating very, very, very early, having lived with my grandparents. And the other thing is I also fast. So I don't like to eat past a certain time so that I can burn calories during the evening. And so that, you know, maybe I can trim a little bit of my weight. So yeah, those are two reasons why I uh, eat early and then don't eat like after six o'clock, you know, it changes. But yeah, I know it's too damn early. People make fun of me all the time. My mom, she always makes fun of me. There's times where she calls me and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm eating dinner. She's like, oh my God, Denise, it's like three o'clock. Why are you eating dinner? <laughs> That's my mom. And so I'm like, God, mom, I was hungry. Damn, there's times where I'm hungry around noon. Uh, that's the worst because I'm like, I can't have dinner at noon. But yeah, it happens, guys. Uh, MD899 says Denise out here eating dunch. Guys, okay, fine. What is like a normal, a normal dinner eating time? Seriously. And then also like, keep in mind, now that I think about it, my entire life, my life has always been formatted to eat dinner very early. Because think about it. When you're in high school, you go into school like at seven, right? You come out maybe 2.45, you get home. By the time you walk home or drive home or whatever, it's like 3.30. So you eat, I ate dinner like at four. And then I went to college and I would have my classes. And in between my breaks of my classes, I would eat my food and I wouldn't eat anymore afterwards because I had already eaten in between my breaks. And my breaks were always like around one or two where I didn't have classes and so then afterwards, <laughs> you see what I mean, guys? Like it was always stations like that. Mike says between six and eight is acceptable. That's too late. If I eat, there's times where people like invite me to dinner or we have like some sort of gathering and they're like, oh yeah, let's meet at seven. You want to know what my thought is? My thought is how on earth am I going to wait to eat until seven? Like I'm going to starve, man. I'm going to starve. John Teller says around five or six. Sam says around five or seven. Oh, my God. Uh, M. Caspito says 5 p.m. or later is fine. Okay, let's say I, here's the problem with that. Let's see I eat at like seven, right? I eat at seven. And let's say I go to sleep at 11. That's only a couple hours to burn calories. Only a couple hours. You got a very, very small window to like be active and try to burn some calories. So if you eat earlier, you got more time to burn calories. <laughs> That's my defense in this. 
Um, but there you go. Benoit Richter, thank you. Man of the people says normal eating time when you're hungry. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, there has been times where I'm like, where it's like 11 and I'm freaking starving, but I'm like, nah, just go to sleep and you can wake up the next day and have a nice big breakfast. <sighs> All right. Ma'am Derrett says you figure most people aren't even home until from work until seven. I eat dinner by myself every day, guys, because um, my husband comes home from work late. He comes home at seven. There ain't no chance in hell. I am waiting till he gets home to eat dinner. No way. I'd be hungry. <laughs> way hungry. Matt Corso sends in a super chat saying, side note here, who else knew Cora Jade was in AEW? Do you think she would have stayed? Well, there was a lot of people that did a lot of, you know, AEW appearances, even if they were just like one-offs. There's a lot of people. And, you know, it's just different, right? You never know what decisions people make in terms of what talent they decide to use, what talent they don't decide to use, the talent then takes opportunities. It, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, Matt Corso, thank you so much for the super chat. Much appreciated, man. Thank you so much. Alrighty, everyone. So let's go ahead and press on from here and let's get into some more of NXT. Um, we got Andre Chase and Duke Hudson teaming up to go up against Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. And so this is what I missed last week. So last week, Thea Hale had a match with Tiffany Stratton. And apparently there was a moment where Tiffany Stratton actually tapped. I didn't get to see the match. So this was everything putting together from what I watched. Um, and apparently there was a moment where Tiffany Stratton tapped during the match. But unfortunately, due to Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey costing the match for Thea Hale, she was not able to actually defeat Tiffany Stratton. So you had this whole match here, this tag team match between Drew, Charlie, Chase, and Hudson. And... The match itself, my whole thing here, this was the match where I felt very out of the loop because the last time that I had watched NXT, I was thinking, okay, we're probably going to have Andre Chase get betrayed by Duke Hudson. I was very along the lines of thinking, okay, Duke Hudson at some point is going to betray Andre Chase and Thea Hale. Um, maybe Thea Hale will align herself with Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey since they've been doing the training together. And part of me kind of wanted to see something along those lines because I just, I'm just like over, I, I've never been like a big Chase U fan, guys. I'm a fan of Thea Hale. I'm not a fan of Chase U. You guys know this. The chat hates me for this. I'm aware of it. And so I think I wanted something different, something fresh here. So when we came back to this and I'm thinking, oh, that's where we're at now with the storyline, man. Things did not go the way that I had predicted that they were going to go. They felt like they went in an entirely different direction. So when I was watching this, I was thinking, man, I'm really out of the loop with what the hell is going on with this. So anyways, all I can say right now is that it's like whatever's, you know, I don't really, I'm not necessarily howling at the moon going, oh my God, this is good shit right now with what they're doing with Chase U and Thea Hale. So they need to spice things up. They need to shock me a little bit. Uh, I need some something fresh here with Chase U, guys. I need something fresh because I'm just not, like I said, howling at the moon over it. Uh, there's another thing that I wanted to ask, and that is it looks like we might be might be getting a rematch. Thea Hale seems to be wanting a rematch against Tiffany Stratton. Again, 
If they do that, I'm very pleased because I really like the Ahail, but I really do feel like I should have probably watched last week's match. I'm out of the loop on this one, guys. Out of the freaking loop. <laughs> Patrick Scrover says, Denise turns on Chase U again. I had kind of started getting on board a little bit, but then I kind of felt like I was not being authentic to myself. I felt like I was trying to be a people pleaser. You know, like, I don't want to be a people pleaser. But I started feeling like maybe I'm not seeing the Chase U situation. Because again, I really only like Thea Hale. Like, I freaking love Thea Hale. But I'm just not a fan of Chase U. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I just haven't been. I tried. I really, really tried. But I realized that that was not true to my taste and what I'm interested in. Grande Hero says, Denise hates Chase U means Denise hates fun things. But they don't even do anything fun anymore. It's the same thing every single time. They go out there, they have the, it's a teachable moment. And then there's the, the class and they cheer a little bit. And that's it. That's it. The whole appeal of Chase U is Thea Hale. Thea Hale's relationship with Andre Chase. Thea Hale's relationship with Duke Hudson. Thea Hale is... She's the, this, the purpose to me. She's the only thing. Like, she's the thing that keeps me interested in whatever it is that Chase U is doing. You take Thea Hale out of that, psh, I don't even care about Chase U. I, have, I would not care at all. So to me, Thea Hale is the only thing that actually is entertaining about Chase U. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Let's see. The chat's going to be so mad at me. Chat's going to be so mad at me. All right, let's see what else we got here. Let's see. Daniel says, so you admit you would like to have seen a Thea Hale heel turn, but in your opinion, it would have been different. I still think Thea Hale is due for a heel turn someday. Um, what do I want to see a Thea Hale heel turn? See, the part of what I wanted to see with her and Charlie and, and, and uh, Drew Gulak was I kind of wanted to see this, like, how do I explain this? This, like, you guys are going to hate my analogy or my comparison, but I wanted to see a Squidward SpongeBob dynamic. And let me explain this. I know everything I compare everything to SpongeBob, but SpongeBob is great. So Thea Hale is loud, right? And she can be like crazy and just out there and very, very like in your face, right? That's SpongeBob. Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak are more serious. And you take them more seriously and they're all about the wrestling. They're more Squidward, more serious. And when you have that pairing of your SpongeBob and your Squidward, <laughs> it can kind of work, okay? Like, I love that dynamic of it all. So I want to see on the Chase U side something where either, like, Duke Hudson turns on Thea Hale and ruins things for her. Like, I would much have been rather interested in that versus the direction that they ended up going in. So personally, that's a little bit of where I'm at. Um, so I would not have hated seeing Thea Hale with those guys instead, because again, it would have been a very, very different dynamic. Um, not exactly like Squidward and SpongeBob, but along those lines of that. And just like two different types of personalities that 
end up meshing. Like the odd couple, right? Your odd couple, your odd pairing. That's what I want to see. And I love that because when she was having those moments with those guys, she felt like a, I don't know, she felt like she was taking, like they were so serious and she was like this light. So I kind of wanted to see that. And versus Andre Chase and Chase and um, Duke Hudson, I've just been a little bit over that. I've been a little bit over that. And I think for a long time, they kind of made it seem like Duke Hudson was going to be turning on them. And I feel like that was those seeds were all planted and then it just hasn't happened. So I don't know if they maybe changed their mind or if they're still going to do it. I don't know. We'll see. All right, Daniel. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for the. So yeah, I don't necessarily think that her going with them would have made her a heel, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, thank you. MD also points out maybe they need like a Maxine Chad Gable vibe. Well, this one's different. The Maxine Chad Gable, the Maxine Alpha Academy vibe is a little bit different. It's very, very different because Maxine is, you know, she's the hot chick that's a little bit dorky and cute. And we've seen it. We saw shades of that. And she shouldn't technically be hanging out with the Alpha Academy, right? Like that's not something that you would necessarily picture. So it's different. It's a different dynamic there. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, so let's see. <laughs> oh man, guys, I knew people would not like my, uh, or not get my SpongeBob Squidward comparison but everything to me is spongebob <laughs> all right uh let's see what else we got here um ground day hero says it felt to me like duke would wanted to sabotage chase you but he grew to like them perhaps maybe you're right because they did make it seem like he was going to turn on them for a very long time like i am not making this stuff up guys we saw it i saw it you saw it there was plenty of times where they did it Plenty of times. Plenty of times. I want the payoff to that. Give me the payoff. And that's the reason. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, Thea Hales is a very lovable character. Okay? Very lovable. So if you were to have Duke Hudson or Andre Chase turn on her or something, you would be like, no, how could they? They were supposed to care for her. They were friends. How could they do her like this? I want that reaction. That's the reaction I want. <sighs> All right. Yes, boy, says Denise, will you be watching Barbie? Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I've been wanting to watch. Well, it hasn't came out yet, but I'm going to watch Barbie. And I've been wanting to watch No Hard Feelings. I don't know if anybody here has seen it. If you have, is it good? Is it not? It's the one with Jennifer Lawrence. I really love Jennifer Lawrence. And so I really want to see that movie. It seems really like stupid, but I want to see it. All right. So uh, let's press on from here. Uh, we also got Cora Jade versus Kelani Jordan. And she's accompanied by Dana Brooke. Kelani Jordan apparently made her debut on NXT last week. And so she has this very quick match. Cora Jade gets the win after hitting a DDT. And then afterwards, uh, Cora Jade ends up retrieving her kendo stick from... Uh, up getting her kind of stick and she ends up attacking uh Kalani Jordan with it afterwards and then Dana Brooke jumps in she tries to make the save and then drop kicks Cora Jade and then afterwards we see Cora Jade flee and we see Dana Brooke just basically check in on Jordan so that's pretty much what we got here I'm liking what they're doing with um Cora Jade I hope that the last time that I was talking about Cora Jade and Dana Brooke was after that match that they had where I said it wasn't believable and so kind of going from that to this, 
I, I hope that I hope I can kind of get reinterested in Cora Jade Dana Brooke right now because I was I I wasn't necessarily crazy about the match that they had because that's that's where I was at in terms of it just didn't feel believable with what they how they had that match finish. So I, I'm still sticking with that. And we already talked about Broad Breaker Elia. We need to talk about Baron Corbin, who is having a midlife crisis. Now, you can't you can't tell me I'm wrong here, guys. Baron Corbin's character on NXT is that he is having a midlife crisis. So the last time I was talking about NXT, we had Baron Corbin go out there and he was shitting on the young talent and saying how they they don't they t- don't take anything for granted and he's shitting on them. He says everything's going to change and all of this. So we come back. They well, I come back. They play this vignette where Baron Corbin is burning a bunch of his memorabilia from his career. He says he's currently without a compass. He's asking questions about his future. Uh, so clearly a lot different. And I didn't get to see the match that he had with uh, Carmelo Hayes, although I heard really good things about it. And then on top of that, he says that he has nothing in common with his old self anymore. And he's asking, who is he? Who is he? And I'm thinking, how dare you not have anything in common with broke-ass Corbin? I loved broke-ass Corbin. I would do anything to have broke-ass Corbin come back. But yes, Barry Corbin's having a midlife crisis. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. What do people, what do men do in a midlife crisis? What do you do? Buy a fancy car. He already has those. Maybe a motorcycle. I don't know what they're doing with Baron Corbin other than he's ditching everything and it seems like he's getting a big time makeover. <sighs> Let's see what we got here. Ender Bunkley says he's just burning all his stuff. Darv Stevens says, I think this is the return of the lone wolf. <laughs> MD89 says emphasis on midlife. Zeno Hour says Baron Corbin joining a cult. Technically, Baron Corbin is the perfect candidate for joining a cult because usually people who join cults are looking for answers, right? They're looking for guidance. They're looking for some psycho to brainwash them. And all of a sudden you're getting baptized in the ocean. Sorry, guys, I saw some shit. And when I went to Hawaii, I saw that. And I was just like, what is happening? I'm pretty sure I saw a cult when I went to Hawaii. And so that stayed with me. And I saw people getting baptized in the ocean. It was a whole experience. Anyways, whatever. So Baron Corbin is actually kind of the person that we can see uh, in a cult. And who's the cult that we got on NXT? The schism. I don't know if he's joining a cult or not. We'll see. All right. Ender Buckley says, oh, no, Gacy's Raiders growing is going off. Definitely is. Our Benoit says, Baron to chase you. Oh, no, don't do that to Baron Corbin. Do not do that to Baron Corbin. Uh, but at the same time, do you want to have him join the schism? It's like, what's the lesser of two evils for Baron Corbin? Go to the chase, go to chase you or go to the schism? I don't know. All right, let's see what else we got here. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's continue on from this. Um, and yes, by the way, Mike and our, someone to, so Mike and NYR for life, New York. New York something for life. What does the R stand for, Mike? New York. What am I thinking? Hold on. What team starts with an R? That's from New York. 
Is there one? I don't know, guys. I'm not a sports person. Damn it, Mike. You're going to have to help me out with that username there. I'm curious. What is the R for? Mike. Let's see. Rangers. Thank you. I knew it. There had to be. Sorry. Uh, I don't watch hockey. Um, <laughs> all right. Mike, New York Rangers for life. <laughs> okay. I feel really stupid. All right. <laughs> Mike, New York Rangers for life says, speaking of the schism, looks like the Creeds are new members. All right. So we did get, and I was so thankful to everybody here on uh, Twitter who was tweeting me about this because we did get a moment where the schism was trying to recruit it. Ivy Nile. And I didn't notice this, but apparently the guys in the back look like the Creed brothers. I didn't even look at them. I was just looking at Joe Gacy and Ivy Nile. And so thankfully to everybody who tweeted me uh, about the Creed brothers, thank you very much because I had completely missed that. So uh, they lost their loser leaves NXT match. So clearly they must be masquerading now as members of the schism. So there you go. Um, oh man, John says, Denise, the Rangers are in his pick. No, are they really? Oh, damn, they are. But you got to look really closely to see that, though. Oh, damn, guys, I don't watch hockey, I don't watch hockey at all. Like, I remember, so they have the Anaheim Ducks here, and <laughs> I remember when I was a kid. Because I would go to the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim to watch pro wrestling. And that's where the Ducks play. And I remember going like, we got hockey here? I was a kid going like, what? This ain't Canada. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I did not grow up with hockey at all. Like, I can't even tell you. I watch. Okay. So I, I don't even like watching hockey. And you're all going to make fun of me, especially if you're a hockey viewer. Because. I can never even see where the damn puck is at. Do you have any idea how annoying it is where you can't even see the damn puck? And I know I get made fun of this a lot because any because my husband watches hockey. He loves hockey. Uh, and I watch it with him sometimes. And I'm like, what are we watching? This is so boring. So, yeah, guys, I, it's not for me. And when it comes to sports, for me, um, I prefer – I, I watch basketball, but not too often, though. I'm very super, super casual. And by casual, I only tune in, like, for the championship finals and stuff like that. And really only if the Lakers have anything to do with it. So, like, super, super extremely casual. Baseball and, again, casual for baseball as well. And then also for football, casual as well. But – out of all of those, I really probably mostly enjoy football because I've recently, like the last couple of years, I've been learning more and getting more into the games. And so that has really helped. So I've been getting into like football when I watch it with my husband. I can get into it. I can cheer. I, I even add my own little commentary. But I actually really like baseball. And I know people find baseball boring, but I actually really like baseball and I thought uh, apparently that I, I was mentioning this and someone was like really baseball and I'm like yeah I like baseball and so that I kind of prefer sometimes like I get into basketball a whole lot but uh, I do like baseball too but hockey not so much I do like seeing the guys fight but that's probably because I like wrestling and I like to see people fight period but I won't really give the time of day to hockey whatsoever I won't give the time of day to golf either uh, when it comes to soccer I will won't watch soccer unless it's like the World Cup and I'm watching Mexico or that's it 
And the same, the thing I can't get into, I can't get into soccer. I've tried and I can't get into it because I feel like there's just too much stalling. (laughs) I know there's going to be people that are big time soccer fans that are like, what are you talking about? I get so frustrated when I see players like on the ground exaggerating the like exaggerating like they barely fall and they're like acting like everything broke so for me it takes me out of the game when I watch soccer because of that so I can't get into soccer very much but there you go so that's where I'm at so yeah sorry to everybody I I probably ruined a couple of sports for some people but we'll see Uh, yeah. And that's it. That's the only sports I can even name. So we're pressing on, (laughs) um, or I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I even didn't mention. I never watched tennis. All right. And I don't even know. Oh, you know what? I did watch rugby one time, but I can't one time that doesn't really count. All right. Uh, pressing on from here. Let's see what else we got. Um, back to NXT. So we got a super chat actually from Sheldon Jackson. Thank you so much to Sheldon who says flopping is the worst in any sport. I don't understand your super chat. Flopping is the worst in any sport. Sorry, you're going to have to explain that one, Sheldon. You're going to have to explain that one because I don't know what, what context do you mean flopping? Like flopping, like it flopped, but I'm assuming you're not meaning that in that context. Probably means something else in this context, right? explain that one okay all right thank you it's like faking an injury okay thank you so I see them do that in soccer quite a bit and that takes me out of it a whole whole lot Uh, I don't really see that happening like or at least I don't think I've seen that really like in other sports maybe I wasn't paying attention but I do see it a whole lot in soccer so thank you so much exaggerating overselling calls thank you I appreciate that Man, learning something new every day. Daniel Reynosa says flopping when they fail, when they fall to the ground by barely getting hit. Dude, you see it. Like you see a guy barely get touched and he's like, oh my God, my life's over. You know, (laughs) that really throws, oh man, it throws me for a loop so much. All right. Anyways, let's get back to it. We got, uh, we already talked about Ivy Nile, but there was one other thing that we did have a match between Ivy Nile and Tiffany Stratton, non-title match. Tiffany Stratton gets the win here. Uh, there's a moment where they teased her, almost tapping out again, but she hits her prettiest moonsault ever, gets the win. And then afterwards, she has a meltdown because she cuts this post-match promo and everybody's chanting at her that she that uh, that she tapped and she's like, you guys are so annoying. I beat the uh, fair and square. You guys are all peasants and stop and leave me alone. I love this. The meltdown from Tiffany Stratton. Phenomenal. Love her just being like really bratty and spoiled. It's great. And we already talked about the schism. We also got a uh, backstage interview from Blair Davenport. And she's basically saying that last week she beat Roxanne or she's talking about how she beat Roxanne Perez mercifully mercifully, whatever. And she's talking about how this division is for grown women and not little girls. And she says she's going to leave her on the shelf for good. Now, here's my issue with this, guys. I'm offended. I'm offended. And now I got beef with Blair Davenport because Roxanne Perez always gets called a little girl. Always. That's the go-to thing with Roxanne Perez. They always call her a little girl. Why? Because she's short. She's tiny. She's petite. 
that does not make her a little girl standing up for all the short women out there tired of being called little girls had it anyways good stuff here good stuff all right tony d He's being interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell backstage. Well, he's supposed to be in jail. He's in jail. Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage and he's in jail and they're doing this like screening thing. Uh, they're both on the screen and he's talking. Mackenzie kind of puts it in his mind of like, oh, do you trust? Do you not trust Stacks? A lot of people have been wondering whether or not they should be trusting Stacks in this whole situation. Is he going to screw Tony D? That's been the big thing going into this. So he says, no. He has faith in him and he has faith in Stax. So we get this match between Stax and Joe Coffey. And basically, if Stax lost, then we would not be seeing Tony D become free. But he ends up getting the win here. And we during this match, we um we saw Tony D. There was a little audio of his phone call during this match. I thought that was pretty funny. And I started thinking like, damn, this jail be giving Tony D a lot of freedom and a lot of access. He's able to do video interviews. He's able to hop on the phone. He's able to watch the match. I thought this was jail. This is looking more like a freaking getaway. Uh, so during this match, we also saw a cameo from Bronco Nima and Lucian Price. And so they our new additions to NXT. And so they go out there and they kind of size up the champs a little bit. Nothing much else to add about that. But we end up seeing Stax use a crowbar. He hits it to Joe. Uh, the referee ends up throwing the rest of Gallus out because he thinks that they used it, but that was a plan by Stax. And so Stax gets this win. Tony D is now free. They have freed Tony D and they are going to be doing a homecoming next week on NXT. And so uh, I don't know what, because I feel like I really was thinking previously that Stax was going to betray Tony D. Like I really thought he was going to betray him. And now like, unless I missed something major in the last two weeks, I really feel like maybe that's not the case anymore. Really? I don't really feel like that's the case anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I didn't get the vibe. I, I got the vibe that all is good now with Stax and Tony D. I should not be suspicious of Stax. So unless I miss something, from what I saw today, I should not be suspicious of Stax anymore. We'll see. All right, let's see what else we got here. <laughs> Zeno Hour says, hey, chat. Give Denise and Roxanne Perez a tag team name. My pick, Short Fuse. Man. Yeah, we're literally the exact same. We're, we're the exact same height. Me and Roxanne Perez. So, yeah, I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that was NXT for today. We kind of went off the rails, but it, it had been a while since I was on here streaming with you guys. So I still feel like I had a lot to like say and get off my chest and whatnot. So thank you so much to everybody who tuned in for the NXT post show review. I truly thank you guys so, so much for always coming in and supporting this channel. I have a lot of plans, a lot of content plans for this channel, a lot of videos that are going to be coming up, a lot of uh, stuff that I have already shot and is scheduled and ready to go. Uh, so please make sure that you're subscribed. If you do want to become a YouTube member and check out those videos, that's also uh, an option too. But I will be back tomorrow with Righteous Reg, who is now the official uh, 
co-host with me on the Wednesday podcast. We have a really good time talking about AEW Dynamite. There's a lot of good stuff happening with AEW. So make sure you guys tune into that tomorrow, Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite. And then if all goes well, I should be back here on Friday to talk about SmackDown. And last week's SmackDown was a really good SmackDown. Uh, I didn't get to talk about it, but uh, maybe I'll sprinkle that conversation in on this Friday's episode as well. And then the other thing too is this Saturday, I'm going to be doing AW Collision. So I will be here to talk about AW Collision as well. And so it'll be like an extra bonus stream because I want to talk about AW Collision. So I will be here for that too. So that's what the schedule is looking like. Thank you guys so much for everything. And I will see you guys back here tomorrow night for AW Dynamite Conversation. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>